Welcome to LT Bite Size, a show to share ideas, activities, and resources to those new to teaching or those looking for new ideas. If you'd like to contribute, please send your recording of no more than 15 minutes to the email in the episode description. Enjoy! How long does it take to write a lecture? I'm sure wherever you work, there is an allowance given for the amount of time that it takes to prep materials in advance of the actual teaching. And today, what I wanted to do is simply go through the things that I do and allow you to compare them with your own experience. So I'm not talking about necessarily creating a lecture from scratch, although most of this would apply in that circumstance as well. I'm talking about where lectures already exist. You've delivered them previously. Maybe they've been generally okay um, in terms of what you wanted to achieve and the content but you come to the new year and you want to make sure even when there haven't been substantial changes to a module that everything is still okay. And this is the process I've been really going through for the last three or four weeks. And one of the things which I think is often overlooked is that lectures don't stand on their own. So the purpose of a lecture may be manifold, uh, not least to impart a little bit of information, demonstrate the application of a bit of uh, information, or perhaps to show a process such as um, evaluation or creation of an artifact. But it has to be linked to the assessment because ultimately um, the majority of the students that I deal with are likely to be going, okay, what I really need to know is how am I going to use the information that you're giving in class and the information that's online to help me to achieve the best grade that I can in the assessment. And they also need to link with seminars because otherwise your material will appear too disparate and students won't see connections and therefore maybe lose some of the valuable insight that comes from taking some information and then exploring it more deeply. So they don't sit on their own and as a consequence of this it means that you're constantly having to flick backwards and forwards between the assessments, perhaps information which goes with the assessment like a grading criteria, the seminars and also of course because we're going to want to provide extra information for students to look at or use during their self-directed periods, our VLE. So very quickly I'm going to run through a, a pretty standard lecture for a final year marketing module and you can see if any of this resonates, if any of these are things that you do, uh, you maybe hadn't thought about doing or even if you do some things that you think uh, are good or work well and you'd like to share them uh, either through using the feedback for the episode or contacting me and coming on and having a chat about what it is that you do. So generally speaking uh, for lectures and I'm not actually a fan of uh, stand-up face-to-face lectures I would prefer to flip all of my lectures because it makes it easier then to chuck them into smaller more digestible units um, and perhaps to then spend more contact time with the students actually discussing things thinking about things maybe coming up with new ideas and also then uh, thinking about the application to the assessment but one of the things I also recognize is that you need to kind of ease yourself into that lecture environment so I always have a slide which welcomes the students with some music. And generally speaking, I'll pick the music the first week and then I'll invite them to send me ideas for pieces of music that they would like playing and I will try and then play those 
um, over the semester or over the year. Obviously, the first proper slide that they'll see is then the title slide. And sometimes it can be uh, difficult to know exactly what to put on a, a title slide, how much information, not in terms of what you're giving the students, but in terms of how easy it is then to amend those slides if you need to change the content in some way um, or if your approach is going to differ. For every lecture, I think there should be learning outcomes, the things that you want the students to have uh, understood or done by the end of that particular period. And I do think it's also worth perhaps recapping those towards the end, although that can seem uh, a little bit rigid. The next slide I would use would then be a link to the assessment so they can see exactly why I'm talking to them about the particular topic that I'm talking to them about. And then we would move into the general content. And we might start by presenting a model or a theory and talking around that, and then perhaps highlighting that with some examples, um, whether they're theoretical examples or practical examples. And one of the other things that I like to do, and this would be done on a, a subsequent slide, is to then apply that in a particular context to show how this might work in relation to their assessments. Now, in the majority of my assessments, I invite students to choose to explore an area appropriate to the assessment, but of their own choosing, because then I think, generally speaking, you get better ownership of that particular activity by the student. So my students might be choosing an industry, an industry that's of interest to them. And the one industry that they won't be allowed to choose is the one that I am then using as my exemplar. So I would show them and I couch it in these terms. This is exactly what I would do or how I would do it if I was a student and having to apply what we've just done in this particular context. Now, the other thing that can be difficult in uh, lectures is to make them more interactive, more dialogic rather than didactic. And I've already mentioned in a previous episode my use of Padlet, but there are other things that you can use. And I particularly like using Mentimeter if I'm looking for something like a word cloud. So in this particular instance, I'm asking them to think about the uh, specific context that I'm talking about, which is one that they would all be familiar with and would have opinions on even if they're not directly involved in that particular context themselves, um, and to then use a word to describe what they as consumers would have as a primary criteria. They can actually put in uh, several criteria if they want. And from that, we create a word cloud, which is theirs, and I can talk to them then about the difference between theirs and mine. Now, the other thing that's important, and I think is is often overlooked, certainly by the people who arrange to quantify the amount of time that it takes to actually put together a lecture, is the fact that if you're using materials and you're referencing, as I frequently do, various different industries, it's always best to use the most up-to-date materials. So, I'm constantly updating information that might be on the slides in order to make sure that I've got the most up-to-date information. And sometimes that means having to actually find an alternative source because, for example, within marketing, quite a few of the marketing-based journals, the online journals, um, are now behind paywalls. So the information that you might want to get about their assessment of a marketing activity or an advertising activity is actually now not accessible. The other thing that I like to do is to illustrate my 
lecture slides. So even if I'm not actually looking for a model, a theory, or a piece of information, I might still want to have a picture that illustrates uh, particular aspects that I'm talking about in order to make the slide more interesting and to give those people who prefer some kind of visual reinforcement um, to actually have something that they can look at. Now, I've used post-it notes before at the beginning of sessions for students to be able to write down the things that they actually want to get out of a session, and there may be a point during the lecture at which I will address those. As I've already mentioned, the previous uh, episode of the podcast which talks about my use of Padlet, and that's very good for allowing students to post questions during the lecture, which can then be addressed at the end, but they're also able to post them anonymously, which hopefully encourages them to uh, participate. And those can also then be addressed uh, via a slide towards the end of the lecture period. And then there would be the for next week, and you're directing them towards the materials which are on your VLE, which also means, of course, that you've had to go and find those materials. Again, because I'm trying to present materials which will appeal to a range of different students in terms of their preferences with regards to how they consume that material, I will look for maybe um, a, a video, an article from a newspaper or a, an industry body or an independent report from one of the many consultancy groups, and also possibly a more academic piece of work, and then you've given them uh, the full range to explore. And again, within your uh, VLE, you might also um, ask them to undertake uh, self-assessment or give them the opportunity to join in a discussion thread uh, so that they can have some kind of um, peer consideration. But all of those things take time and not least because they need to be coordinated with what you're doing in the lecture. And then, of course, you'll need to think about what material is being covered in the seminar and how that relates back to the lecture and how it uses the information that's available on the VLE and how it becomes more interactive with the students in terms of them being able to participate, including even if they haven't engaged with the online material so that they can be the ones who are exploring that idea and you are simply helping them, guiding them, facilitating that kind of uh, discussion, even where that discussion is about what are the questions that actually I need to go away and address, as opposed to the questions that are being answered in the classroom. So that gives you a, a brief summary of my approach to putting together uh, a lecture. This is a lecture from one specific final year marketing module. There are variations on this depending on whether or not I'm dealing with first years where perhaps I'm going to focus even more on process because uh, they need to get into that sense of what it is to study at higher education or in a higher education context or for example in a more creative module where perhaps I want people to actually come up with the questions that we're going to look at themselves through the lecture so the lecture is much more about generating considerations rather than simply passing on information or looking at the application of something. There won't be any 
bite-sized episodes next week. They will be starting again the week after. Uh, next week, for various reasons, which I won't go into now, uh, we're going to have uh, three releases of the main podcast on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they will all be looking at various aspects of AI, which, let's face it, is quite a big topic at the moment. So if you're interested in your bite size, they'll be back in two weeks' time. And please go and explore, uh, share, like, follow, whatever it is that uh, you feel able to do. And uh, hopefully I will, if not see, then imagine that you are listening to me next week or the week after.